0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Jerry, good morning. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning, DJ. Thanks for having me. You know, I was actually in Salt Lake City for three days last week anything to do with the nba playoffs perhaps you know what no it, it it's for it's for a bigger project that um that i'm working on which is kind of crazy like it was killing me to be there i i got there um the the last home game um i can't even remember which what, was a game 5
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i was i was there for game 5 and game 6 but it was cool to be able to to uh watch it just as a fan with the fans, and um, that's tough, because I really like that Utah team, I, and they absolutely should have won that series, considering the way it went.
0: Oh, now you're just sucking up to Jazz fans, because that's what all Jazz no. fans think, too. I can't believe they lost that series! It was so wide open! We all had a especially, dollar for you know, every time we after heard that. Kawhi,
1: especially after Kawhi got hurt, but, oh, you I know, know, I mean, um, Ty Lue just made some masterful adjustments, Yep. and you know them being able to eliminate the the effectiveness on defense of Rudy Gobert was was incredible and um we see, we just we've seen that happen before with Ty Luke. You know we saw it happen in the Dallas series, we saw it happen when he was in Cleveland against Golden State down 2-0 then down 3-1. Uh he's just never going to give up and at the end of the day, you know, the the, the Jazz just weren't quite flexible enough. Uh, to make a deep playoff run, which is just disappointing because for about 75% of this season, I saw a team that was a championship-caliber team, but they just lost a little bit at the end.
0: Well, Jerry, we could spend the entire rest of the segment breaking this down, and goodness knows I'm tempted to right now. And the funny thing is when you came on, I was like, This is an interesting topic I want to talk to him about. But not knowing you and thinking if he's a little dry, people's eyes are just gonna glaze over and roll into their back of the head, which would be really bad for traffic on I fifteen right now. <laughs> um, we had you on to talk about the NCA case and you know the Supreme Court rules nine oh and it's not everything, but it just keeps pushing the envelope on how much money players can get and what amateurism rules should really look like. And we can get into some big esoteric decisions, but but people really want to know if their team's going to win. And then the savvy fan wants to know, well, are there some built-in advantages that are either going to pump up my team or drag my team down and give the opponent an advantage? And so when you see what they decided, and and this isn't opening the door to paying players completely, but you can now give them stuff that helps them academically that isn't available to the regular student body. So I'm thinking everybody gets, like, MacBooks right away. I don't know, maybe everybody gets a PC and a MacBook so that you can learn under any circumstances on any network uh, I don't know. How is this? How much more stuff are players going to get? And I guess the question is: At what level? You know, at the Power Five level, they get more stuff. But are the Group of Five teams not going to be able to afford it? Because we got you fans listening who have Pac twelve money. We got BYU has BYU money, but is neither exactly P five or G five. We got Utah State. They got Mountain West money, which isn't the same. We got Weaver State fans. We have Big Sky money. So who's getting the most money out of all of this?
1: you're always going to look at at the biggest conferences um and, and they will figure out ways they have broader resources um so yeah i think i think there there could be um what one unintended consequence is just that the gap gets bigger you know we'll see um how the how everything is going to be interpreted and how creative you can get is just kind of the questions you know i mean i think um you know, study abroad opportunities, for instance, are just going to be incredibly robust now and schools are going to go crazy offering that. Um, Whatever the most souped-up technological things, uh, you know, even tangentially related to education, um, they're going to figure that out um, and and find certain loopholes. You know, I even had somebody theorize that um, the way scholarships are offered are going to be different, um, in that they might even formulate like a lifetime scholarship that, uh, you know, you, so you can tell these kids who are only planning on being in school one or two years or the kids who, um, may think they have a pro career, um, that, you know, you, you will have your education paid for, um, as, as long as you're willing to take classes, um, which, uh, might entice some people. Um, uh, and, you know it's kind of weird when you say that because it's like well um, most of these guys who are going to leave school early um, I'm not sure that they're really caring about getting a college degree um, but I think that, that that could pay dividends like on the middle and the bottom of your roster and on non-revenue sports as well being able to create those Kind of enticements and saying we're going to walk with you for your entire life until you get that degree. Um, that could be something that could be particularly appealing in recruiting when you're trying to woo parents. Um, so I think there's a million other things that, uh, coaches and, and administrators are going to think of that we haven't even considered in this moment. Um, but ultimately this is just, uh, I feel like, um, it's a little more of a step towards fairness but it opens up a whole world of possibilities in terms of um you know if another case is, is brought through the courts all the way up to the supreme court
0: doesn't that seem inevitable i mean there's going to be another case and they're going to it's going to push it's going to move that line back even more why? And I guess we know the answer. But how long until it's just a free for all and it's just professional? Because under the table, it seems like it already is. I mean, the the number of ex coaches or assistant coaches will run around and tell you this player got twenty five grand, this player got fifty grand, this player got eighty grand. Uh, there, there's no end to those folks.
1: Yeah, I think it's time for like you know amateurism. It feels like. The way the NCAA is defined is kind of like prohibition, like you've created all of these problems. Just go ahead and make more things legal. I think for the NCAA, it's it's uh, change or get changed. Do you want to be litigated to change or do you want to change? And I think this is really that moment um, in which stop being ro- rigid. Stop having this robust rule book that you can't even govern because you don't know all the rules. Um, stop being ridiculous and try to figure something out because if you can figure something out and bring all your brain power together, uh, you could, you could create a model that, that satisfies that is well thought, or it could just be chaos. You know, when the courts just say you can do this, then you can do it in whatever fashion you want to do it. And you don't want to be in that place. So, um, we're in this moment in which, uh, Coach K, Roy Williams, you know all these coaches um, are, are leaving the sport. And when you look at the ages of people like Nick Saban, Jim Behein, so on and so forth, um, there's going to be more coaches that are leaving because they already feel the way the times are going. If you listen to Coach K, you know he's been a really big advocate in college basketball, having a college basketball commissioner and being more creative in the way that you solve the problems with the sport. Like, that moment is here. Like, there's no long, you can no longer fight and hope that people are going to save you. You know, they're hoping – they hoped that the Supreme Court was going to save them. Guess what? They're not going to be your savior. They're hoping that the Congress is going to save them. Guess what? Um, the way Congress is – I mean, if you think you're going to get 60 votes um, to be able to have some sort of antitrust protections – that's not happening. Like, like, look at the way um, on, on the left and the right, the, the way that they're looking at big business and monopolies right now, like they're not, you're not going to get the votes. Um, you're going to have to solve this yourself or you're going to have the courts come in and do something that is just going to obliterate the way that you do things.
0: I love the word obliterate. It's so decisive obliterate the way you do things. You know, it already, generationally, uh, it's already changed a lot in the last 10 or 20 years. So, what's different in another 10 or 20 years?
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot can be if you don't get control of it. I mean, just look at it. Uh, you know, if you really, I, I don't want to go into the weeds of, of that Supreme Court case, but um, you know, they were arguing a century uh 84 case you know um uh, ncaa versus the board of regents of the university of oklahoma and uh looking at that as, as precedent and i think a lot of what the this supreme court was telling you is that college athletics has changed so much in those but 37 years mm-hmm. and they've it's especially exploded the last two decades you know what i'm saying dj yeah, like the, the the last two decades they've just really gotten out of control um with uh with, with with their revenue generation and like generating that revenue and not dispersing it and not putting it um back into the players in some way you know i'm I'm not necess- I'm not a big like just open your wallet and pay the players type of guy um and that's probably just because I'm just bolted by the tradition of college athletics, as opposed to like any real logic. Um, but I, I think there's there are just other ways for you to adjust and to be fair and to be seen as fair and to be seen as like trying to be more than using your ideals uh, to create a sham. And they got to get to that place. Um, and if they don't get to that place, somebody's going to force them to that place. <laughs>
0: It seems like the the PR thing that just is haunting the colleges is, is because they have put the money into facilities, and so players have outstanding facilities that uh, that, that two generations ago people couldn't even dream of. Yeah. But they haven't figured out how to put it in people's pockets, which is ultimately what people want. The only pockets it's going in is a couple of high-profile coaches and assistant coaches and the AD, and it's such – if you talk to ADs and coaches, they know it's such a bad look. This person can only have ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars, but they might shred their knee. And this person over here gets four million. It's yeah. a horrific just the just on the surface before you know anything about the sport, it's a horrific look. The income disparity,
1: yes. Um, you're, you're absolutely right there. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I, I look. You, you can't just open up and say we're going to pay the players when you look at like the way the model is, and you look at how it funds all the non-revenue sports and so on and so forth. You have to change the entire business model. But you're right. Like there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, toothpaste that can go back into the tube in terms of facilities, in terms of uh, coaches' salaries and so on and so forth. Like you, you'll never be able to just artificially. Uh, We'll put a put a cap on that, but you can uh get to the point where you're saying, Well, if we're allotting money, if we're shifting money, Nick Saban doesn't have to make ten, eleven million dollars a year. I mean, come on. Um yeah, at Clemson uh uh Dabo Sweeney can't make nine million or whatever he's making and you have million dollar coordinators which is just unbelievable <laughs> like that it's gotten to that point. I mean their staff and Uh, credit Dabo for for asking for it um, and getting it and and taking care of his people so he can have retention uh, within the system, but it's just asinine that they make all of this and then you're like this adamant, like, keep college athletics pure. Like, what is pure about you making $40 million over the next four years? Um, And your players like having rules as such that they can't even get a laptop for free, (laughs) you know, like, um, they're just like, there has to be uh, a better way. There just has to be a better way. And you, you, you have to figure it out. Um, because again, like the way everything is telling you that you're not going to like the way that this ends. If you don't take control of change, you just can't, it's not about, holding on to the way things used to be, and it's not about holding on to power. If you do that, you're going I mean, everything is going to come crumbling.
0: Last thing before we let you go, Jerry, I'm, I'm really curious, and everybody here in Utah is always really interested when in, the rest of the nation writes about Utah. What are they saying about us? What do we think? So what's the special project? Can we know? Is it top secret? What what special yeah, project it, brought it, you to Utah? Even,
1: you know, it, it's... Um, you know, I... we. I can't tell you all about the project, but, um, I can tell you, I, I, um, part of it was going to Provo, um, to, to talk to, um, former Senator, uh, Jeff Flake. Um, I can tell you that, but it's like a big, it's a big project that won't even see the light of the day for another three months. Um, so it doesn't even feel real to me yet, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, only like loosely, uh, a sports story. So, I'm excited about it, and uh, when it's done, I will be sure that you know, and and you'll figure out that's why I was in Utah, but we're kind of all over the country um, doing different bits and pieces for the story.
0: All right, well, you got me intrigued, and uh, we'll try to have you back on when, uh, when the story's published, and we'll talk about it then.
1: All right, sounds good.
0: Thank you, Jerry. All right, take it easy. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist. Join us to talk NCA and uh, a little bit of NBA and Senator Flake. Didn't see that coming. Did not see that coming at all. What I did think about while he was talking is, you know, every, there's always there's a new rule, and then there's loopholes around the rule, and how do I maximize it? And we're talking computers, yuck. So the first thing is everybody gets a computer, right? But in the wealthiest programs where they can afford it, everybody gets a computer every year. And hey, freshman, you're getting one as a sophomore. If you don't pass that down, that still fabulous computer to your, uh, you know, 15 or 12 or 10 year old, si- you know, brother or sister, or whatever. What are you thinking? They're going to be outfitting the family, Yach. There'll be new stuff every year.
3: Well. It- Here's the thing. There's going to be more legal challenges based off of what the Supreme Court did yesterday that are going to open up more and more avenues for these athletes to make money. We all know the name, image, and likeness thing is coming. Just pay them already. But it's, they don't
0: want to make them employees, but just pay them already. Because it, it, they're paying them under the table. Yeah, I know. But the stories are rampant. Bring it back above board. Figure it out. Bring it back above board. When was it above board? Okay.
3: Okay. Good point. Okay. I—that's I, a mistake on my part because it's always been below board. Yeah.
0: It? I mean, you go back to the fifties and the hundred-dollar oh, handshake no. go, deal, right?
3: Go, go back to the eighteen nineties. Really? If you really read back, it's been dirty from the get-go.
0: Money can't be involved. Yeah. Money's always involved. Money is. always So it's involved. dirty from the get-go. Money talks. All right, DJ and PK, we'll get you up to speed on what you've missed in this show. Jazz, John Stockton, NBA, next. Stay with us
2: the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We haven't been told and um, it's just day to day but you know just having him on the court and his presence uh, his ability to communicate with the other players I think it's such a big plus and Chris has brought that leadership
0: and, and Monty continues to talk about it. That's Ann Myers Drysdale. I don't know how many of you know about Ann Myers Drysdale. She was an Awesome athlete at UCLA. Basketball. But I think someone tells me she's like multi-sport, but I don't know. She did play multiple sports. She played softball, track. What was it? I
3: believe it was softball. I have to double check.
0: Volleyball? There's a lot of basketball-volleyball combos. Might have been softball. Uh, And then uh, had a tryout with the Indiana Pacers back in the day. And then married Don Drysdale, the legendary Dodger pitcher turned Dodger broadcaster. She's talking about Chris Paul's status and leadership there. Chris Paul, will he play tonight? Game two. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is out. I think I think Chris Paul is out as well. Uh, Yach, have you seen anything official on Chris Paul being out?
3: Nothing officially yet.
0: They listed him as day-to-day. They're trying to be careful with this, but... Of course, the Clippers were 0-2 in the first series with Dallas and 1-7, 0-2 with the Jazz and 1-6. First team to go down 0-2 in back-to-back series and advance. Are they going to go down 0-2 a third time, and will it be fatal? This is kind of like the Nuggets story last year when they were down 3-1 to the Jazz and one, 3-1 to the Clippers and one got down 3-1 to the Lakers,
3: and got beat. Okay, so Ann Myers attended Cornelia Connolly High School and then later Sonora High School in La Habra, California, Seven
0: sports, DJ. Good grief. And Myers had it going on. A little bit of an athlete there. She
3: competed in softball, badminton, field hockey, tennis, basketball, among others. What's her official title slash role with the Suns now? She is a vice president with the Phoenix Suns currently.
0: All right, that game is tonight. Game two in the West, 7 o'clock on ESPN. And Kawhi Leonard is out and Marcus Moore Sr. is questionable after injuring his right knee and playing just five minutes in the second half of game one. Uh, Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups, Spurs assistant Becky Hammond getting second interviews with the Blazers. There's a lot of speculation that Chauncey Billups is going to get that job. Uh, Team USA putting the Olympic team together. Donovan Mitchell was in the 57-player pool, but has declined to join the team He's going to rehab his right ankle. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, and James Harden are in. Harden's still kind of iffy. The hamstring's got to get healthy. Steph Curry has declined, as has Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Mike Conley is in the 57-player pool. We'll see if he gets called. My guess is he won't, but he might. You don't know. Uh, He has said that if he gets called, he's in. He's all about it. He'd love to do it. He said that in the exit interviews on Saturday. So there's the NBA news to catch you up on. We had Andy Bailey on, NBA analyst for Bleacher Report. I think there's three things the Jazz need to target as far as the roster in the offseason. A bigger guard to put in the rotation with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, who are both about 6'1". An athletic wing defender. They need someone who's 6'7", 6'8", and is long. Royce O'Neal usually takes that 6'7", 6'8 guy. He's 6'4". He's given up some size. They could use some size and athleticism. And then they need, I think they need a small ball option. There really wasn't a – you know, here's the thing. Is you need a small ball center, but you're kind of tethered to Rudy because you got too many guys who are average defenders. If they don't have Rudy behind them, teams are going to blow by them. Now, the Clippers were decided – we got enough three-point shooters. We're going to attack Rudy in the paint. We are going to make him defend the paint, and then we're going to kick it out, and we'll have five guys on the perimeter, and we will get three-point shots. There aren't many teams that can do that. Not many teams have the roster the Clippers do. But it's, for the Jazz, now that they've been to the mountaintop in the regular season, it's no longer about being the one seed. You want to be a high seed, and you want to get an easy first-round matchup. But it's going to come down to, are there one or two teams that have matchups that are a major problem for the Jazz? That's going to be the whole deal going forward. They've broken out of that 4-5 slot. Which they were trapped in not only in the Quinn Snyder era, but in the whole Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams era. They were trapped in the four or five slot. They haven't been a one, two, or three seed, and they were the one, obviously, but they hadn't even been a two or three seed since Stockton and Malone. So now that you've conquered that, and I think you will continue to, I don't know that they'll be the one seed again, but I would think they'd be the two or three. Now that you seem to have conquered that, it comes down to are there one or two teams and how do you match up with them? How are you going to match up with the Clippers' small ball? And the thing is, the league's trending that way. More teams are going to do it. Everybody saw the Clippers do it to you. And Denver's not a factor this year, but with Jokic, they can put five guys on the three-point line. If you have five guys on the three-point line, and you guys have guys who are athletic and can drive the ball, what do the Jazz do? The Clippers were the problem this time, but it could be somebody else next time. So we talked about that with Andy Bailey. You want to hear that whole conversation, go to 1280thezone.com. 1280thezone.com. And there's a link up on Twitter already. Yucks already tweeted it out.
3: You also can just search on any podcast provider. Just search out DJ and PK in the morning and you get all the show, hours, interviews, everything, all available.
0: Uh, Question of the day, do the Jazz need the small ball lineup? And overwhelmingly, you're in favor of it. It's not close. It's overwhelming we also talked about John Stockton he's got the video out there it was a big deal this weekend we didn't have time to talk about it yesterday with the playoff collapse but what do you think of John Stockton now you're all over the map on that Uh, I think it's his opinion he has the right to it it doesn't change the player he was Rick kind of straddling the, uh, the middle line on the road right there um, Trevor's all about it. I applaud him. It's time a few more athletes speak out about the COVID lunacy. And Andy's with him. I applaud him for being brave and speaking his mind. The mob mentality is crazy and people need to stand up. I love him now more than ever. Ryan's at the other end of the spectrum. My favorite player of all time, Dunn lost his damn mind. I think this goes, and it's politically speaking, it seems to go the opposite end of the spectrum, but... It's, it goes all the way around and meets Donovan Mitchell. The spectrum Both it's a circle, or it's a heart, or whatever. An ellipsis. I don't know. Yach. Hit him with some geometric terms. It comes down to everybody's going to have their opinion. You don't have to agree with it. If you're not looking to sports people for your opinions on politics and medicine and whatever else, I mean, in the case of Kendra per- Perkins, I'm not even looking to a former basketball player for opinions on basketball. So fine, whatever. Do your thing. you think? got your right to speak out. Say what you want to say. In the case of John Stockton, say what you want to say and charge 70 bucks for the video. Not his video. Other people put it together. He's one of the many voices on it. I have to say, uh, I think I don't agree with him off what I heard reported. I didn't pay the 70 bucks for the video. So I haven't seen everything he said, and I haven't seen everything he said or the context he said it in. And anybody who's done sports talk radio for a while has been burned by that. By the time the game of telephone is done, whatever people are mad at you for saying you may or may not have actually said, or they only heard part of what you said, they didn't hear the context, the tone, the frame of reference, what triggered it. Oh, wait a minute. I actually agree with you. I know, but you didn't hear it. You got it second or third hand. And man, PK's had that happen to him. Gordon and Jacob had it happen to him. Hans and Scotty. It's literally happened to everybody. So I'm just going to plead guilty. I didn't watch what John Stockton said. If he wants to be anti-vaccine, be anti-vaccine. I'm not. I'm pro-vaccine. I hope people get it. I think they need to get it. And I get everybody's not going to get it on the same timeline, and people will make up their mind when they make up their mind. I don't think yelling at them and ordering them to do it is, and I think people are just going to dig their heels in more. In Utah, we're up to 64% of the adults are vaccinated. Saw that story yesterday. So that's a pretty current number. It might be a day or two of lag time, but that's, that's a pretty good ballpark. So I'm figuring about two-thirds of the people agree with, or one-third of the people agree with John Stockton, and two-thirds don't. He's got whatever hang-ups he's got, but I'm not looking to him for my scientific research and opinions. Although if I were putting that video together and I could get a celebrity of his stature to say something and get a bunch of free publicity for it, and it's a genius marketing move, whatever you think of the medicine, genius marketing move. Other stuff on the table today, the NCAA, we just had Jerry Brewer on. The Supreme Court is just rolling back the rules on amateurism. They only addressed a piece of the puzzle, but it was pretty sweeping there. And Jerry's whole point is the NCAA is either going to set the new rules or they're going to have them litigated. I think there's a chance they'll set new rules and have them litigated. We're just moving towards athletes or employees. And they are employees. They're basically hired and fired. They are wooed. They, are signed. they sign a contract on the dotted line until they're run off because the contract isn't renewed. Go transfer. Or until they quit and they transfer. Or quit and turn pro. But they are pros. There's so much money being generated. How can we pretend there isn't all that money being generated? And what is their quote-unquote fair share? Whatever they can get. Because it's capitalism and it's America. What can you get? And the players are going to be getting more. Incrementally more. Keep pushing the envelope. Jerry Brewer's point was the NCAA needs to stop living in the past and establish the new rules and get on with it. Although I wouldn't rule those being challenged. As long as there are rules, I think the rules will be challenged. You get what you can get. Until the rule is you get what you can get, I think the rules will be challenged. Baseball, we did take a minute to celebrate the end of suffering, at least temporarily for Arizona Diamondback fans. Their 17-game losing streak is over. It's over. They got to win. They beat the Brewers 5-1. to one. Got the worst record in Major League Baseball. Work on that number one pick and that lottery pick. I saw the lottery odds are out. 14% chance the Rockets get the number one pick. Same for the Magic.
3: Lottery's going down tonight.
0: Halftime of the game or pregame?
3: I believe seven
0: o'clock game. I would guess pregame. I'm gonna
3: guess pregame as well. No, 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 it is pregame. Six o'clock. They do like thing like that. They they do an hour long special for a thing that lasts (laughs) five minutes.
0: Well, maybe the only thing they can do in it that I would find interesting is the the top guys in the draft. You've got freshmen. You've got uh, people signing with that G League team in a year when the G League was drastically different. The G
3: League Ignite.
0: Squad. And you've got the international guys. Correct. So there's a lot of guys I need to know more about. So anything that they could do, profiles of, hey, here are the projected lottery picks, I'm up for that. Interviewing a team about their needs, their needs are everything. They suck. That's why they're going to have a high lottery pick. I mean, the teams at 10, 12, and 14 may not suck, they may just be below average. But Orlando sucks.
3: Houston completely blew it up. They suck. What are your needs? Everything. Well, the thing We is, like, need it all. A team like Oklahoma City, based on how Houston does.
0: Oklahoma is- City's different. I want to know what they're going to do with all 27 of their draft picks. I was
3: going to say, they could have two top five picks potentially out of tonight's lottery if everything goes according to... Uh, that could be
0: great. Once upon a time, Oklahoma City hit on a quick series of draft picks. Yeah, three years ago, And drafted the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. So...
3: Sands, Russell Westbrook, but...
0: It could Well, two out of three. Just stay with me. Don't be such a literalist (laughs) in there. Kyrie's a good replacement for Russ. All right, there's what we've covered. That's the stuff that we've gotten to... Oh, and Phil Steele. Phil Steele out, and Yach's got the... You're going to tell us all about the preview tomorrow, Yach. Everything you've learned about college football. His Pac-12 predictions, Mm -hmm. I mean, just... The average Ute fan would have written this down. Uh, USC 1, Utah 2, Arizona State 3. UCLA 4, Colorado 5, Arizona 6. Arizona is a lock for 6. I can't believe anybody will pick Arizona for anything other than 6. If you're going to flip anything, it would be UCLA and Colorado or ASU and Utah. Probably more likely ASU and Utah. And the North was every bit as predictable. Washington 1, Oregon 2. Stanford 3. Sanford hasn't had a 10-win season in five years. They really had, had five out of six. I mean, they had it going. So it's definitely slipped. But they're picked third in the North. And then Washington State four, Colorado five, and Oregon State six. So no real surprises there. I think we could have surprises in college football. We saw very little college football last year. Guys have had basically two years to develop. So there could be some players really, really taking off and getting a lot better. And also we got the transfer portal, so our teams suddenly have depth or lack depth. That could really show up late in the season in people's ability to either flourish in the face of injuries or get crushed by them. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 prices so low it'll blow your mind boom no PK today I had to deliver I had to deliver the
3: boom you got it
0: All right, time for your feedback should the Jazz make a commitment to having a small ball lineup with five perimeter shooters Mo it's time to lose Rudy no team with him as a centerpiece will win a championship hell he can't even get out of the second round Brandon went right back at Mo. I heard Donovan and Conley wasn't the issue. Mo, no. Every team, every team that ever plays Rudy in the playoffs will put five shooters out there and do exactly what the Clippers did. Brandon, you're blind if we don't think we win the series if Conley plays every game. All right, you guys are just shouting at each other, not acknowledging there's truth in both of these things. Uh, time to lose, Rudy. Mo, I'm not with you on that. No chance. However. Every team that plays Rudy in the playoffs will put five shooters out there and do exactly what the Clippers did. That is absolutely the way. You're not going to attack Rudy strength on strength. Don't put a big guy out there and go right at him with strength. The Clippers tried it briefly. Why did they lose in those first two games? Too many Zubok minutes? It's the beauty of a playoff series. You know what the issues are, and you know what some of their counters are going to be. And you throw stuff against the wall and see what works. Because players have to execute it. And if, if, uh, if uh, Paul George goes four for 20 in game one, you're going to lose the game. But over time, Paul George should be who he is, and he was. And you figure out, hey, we got a little edge here with small ball. Our small ball guys can execute this. It's not brain surgery. And you're right, Mo. More teams are going to put five shooters out there. More teams are constructing their lineups that way. The Nuggets already do it. The Lakers can do it. Steve Cleveland's been begging them to do it. The Clippers can do it. And here's the thing, and I keep mentioning Carl Anthony Towns. I know a lot of you are like, well, he's in Minnesota, so what? They can't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's been true. But PK says, let's not focus on what has been. Let's focus on what will be. Let's look forward. Is Carl Anthony Towns staying in Minnesota? I don't think so. I think he's the next guy leveraged out of there. He's good, and they can't put a team around him. And you can say, oh, he's not that good, DJ, because they're not winning. All right, well, how big did Anthony Davis win in New Orleans? How big did Paul Gasol win in Memphis? But then you put him on the Lakers, championships. Davis got one and Gasol got two. Maybe Davis will get another. We'll see. And there are bound to be, somebody's trying to form a super team, and they got a bunch of names on a piece of paper, and Anthony Davis' name is on that list. Now, maybe they'll be able to get him, and maybe they won't. But somebody out there is trying to form the next super team. You meant to say
3: Carl Anthony. Towns.
0: I did, and I meant Carl. I did. I totally screwed that up. Thank you, Yuck. Yeah. Carl true. Anthony Towns' name is on that list. Let's be clear. Can Donovan per- Mitchell's
3: got him on the list. Get him to Utah.
0: Now you're talking. Everybody's got everybody on a list. Batum gets bought out, and Rudy Gobert is like, I, gotta be a, I recruited him. i got to be a better recruiter. That quote's out there. So, yeah, there's, what the Jazz face, they are going to face more of. Switching defenses have knocked them out four times in five years. How do you construct a roster to beat a switching defense? How do you get somebody else who can beat people off the dribble? But to Brandon's point, hey, Jazz win the series if Conley plays every game. If the Jazz are healthy, they win the series. I don't know that they need both Conley and Mitchell healthy. That'd be great, but who gets perfect health in a postseason? you got to accept some injury. Now, to have both of your starting guards hurt, that's a problem. But if you'd had one of them, could you have outscored the Clippers and won? The thing that's holding me back is the Jazz never looked good on the road in the Clippers series. Did they ever pass the eyeball test where you just looked at them, you saw the body language, you saw the look in the eye, and you thought, they got it. They got this. And there's that famous... Uh, Clip from that Detroit regular season game where Donovan screamed into the fan, You did this. Was there anything remotely resembling that? That level of confidence? Now they had home court advantage, and maybe they could have just, you know, home team wins all seven games, and they win the series. Maybe they could have pulled that off and outscored them. And if they're healthy, you know, I'd, I'd consider that. It was in play, it was realistic, it was a possibility. But man, wouldn't we have all felt better about that series? And might the series have turned out differently? If they had that look in their eye, and they never had it. They didn't have it in game three, they didn't have it in game four, they didn't have it in game six. They were totally a different team at home. But they really struggled to defend at the end of that series. They didn't defend at game five at home very well. More feedback coming in. Joe and Bogey are slow. We need at least one 6'8 guy who can defend. Some of our key players are slow, old, or short. Can't stand Pat with this team and expect any different result. Joe Mike and Fave's one year older does not help us. I don't think they'll stand Pat. I don't think they'll be mega moves, Curtis. I think we're still a year away from mega moves. When Dennis Lindsay chooses his words very carefully, and when he comes out and starts talking about how in years two and three in Houston and in San Antonio and also in Utah, we've seen improvement as guys are in the system longer, I think we're going to see movement around the edges. Josh says, why not bring Rubio back? He can come off the bench and play when Conley gets hurt again, provided he's back and he plays defense. Rubio can't shoot. That's why. He'd give you a better defender. I'll give you that. But he can't shoot. If we've learned anything, you can't just trade. It's not important to have offense or defense. You need to have both. Now, they didn't have enough of both in the second round, but why'd they get out of the first round? Because they had both. They've been one-dimensional, they might have been in trouble in the first round again. And if they'd been one-dimensional, they have been one dimensional they would not have had the one seed and they wouldn't have had Memphis. A lot of people are jumping on, Rudy's got to punish the small ball lineup. Totally agree. He's got to finish through contact around the rim if he's guarded by someone who's 6'8 or shorter. You could argue how to finish through contact if it's a seven-footer, but... For the purposes of the small ball discussion, you get some 6'7 or 6'9 guy in there, finish through the contact, and get the dunk. I don't think he needs a bunch of post moves. He just needs to be able to get through the contact and finish. And even the little guys, when they get into his legs, it seems like that's the end of it. And he's got to be able to find a way to get around him, get by him, and score over him. All right, we're out of time. Hands of Scotty are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yak, you, you already got somebody booked for tomorrow. Got a little bit of a surprise. Local guy in a new role.
3: Got two people actually booked. It's one of our regulars, and yes, a surprise.
0: All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.